Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to our live broadcast. Happy Sunday night to you. I am here, and I have to tell you, the last two Sundays, last week was <laughs> I hope you couldn't tell, but last week was really iffy. Because I was getting really sick. And so this week, I got the antibiotics and the steroids from my doctor. And I'm feeling better. But uh, my voice is still a little bit raspy. So I hope you'll bear with me on that. All right, I've got to, my wife went to the grocery store this afternoon. She never does this. She never buys these tabloids. Doesn't do it. Kind of laughs at me when I occasionally do. And she came home with this one here and put it on my desk, and so it says, this is In Touch magazine, it says, Tom quits Scientology, a big picture of Tom Cruise. And I've done some checking on this. It appears to not be true, that he did not quit Scientology, but it's an interesting uh, backstory here. And I said to my wife, I said, hey, let's um, let's uh, check with our producer and see if we can get our friend uh, Tony back with us, um, who has the underground bunker, uh, and he talks all about Scientology and, and all of this. And so she, uh, put the word out and I have been told that, uh, we're going to have Tony Ortega back here on December 8th. So that's coming up in, I guess, two or three weeks. So we were able to book him. So we're going to ask him about this rumor about Tom Cruise quitting Scientology, but, uh, that's interesting. This is just, you know, you see this in the grocery store. Turns out it's probably not true. Didn't sound true to me, but uh, just thought I'd start with that. Okay, tonight we have a special guest, bottom of the hour. Our guest segment is Keith Comos. He's been with us a couple of times before, and he is the co-author of the Case Files of the Golden State Killer. And this is probably one of the most fascinating serial killer stories that you will have ever heard. And a lot has happened. Of course, the, the Golden State Killer allegedly, who he allegedly is, has been caught. And that was why we brought Keith Comos back a few months ago to talk about them actually catching, allegedly catching the guy. But now we're going to talk further about it tonight. And we're going to get into questions about, you know, what has happened since they got him. Um, are they sure it's him? When is there going to be a trial? All of that kind of stuff. And we'll get more into the case. And of course, now that we're commercial free, we can do this right and really uh, lay the whole story out over a good 45 minutes. So that will start at the bottom of the hour. And the big guests keep coming because next week we have back with us Pastor Paul Bagley, who is just like an internet sensation with his live YouTube videos. He was just in Israel and was doing live video while there were uh, rockets being fired from Gaza. 
uh, to Israel. I mean, the guy's, he's everywhere, and he has, I don't know, 300 and something thousand subscribers, 350,000, 380,000 subscribers on YouTube. So he'll be with us next week. All right, here's how we get connected all during the week. You can follow me on Facebook, James L. Paris. You can go to our Facebook fan page, which is christianmoney.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at James L. Paris. The same thing over on Instagram, James L. Paris as well. Now, we do these shows commercial-free, and there's a lot to get into in our new segment, so stay with us. I'm going to be talking about Roger Stone. Nancy Pelosi made some crazy comments today. We're going to be talking about impeachment. Colin Kaepernick, the uh, Cleveland Browns, um, Miles Garrett suspension. All of this is in this segment, but I want to ask for your help. I discovered something about a year ago, which is called the Brave Browser. And it is developed by one of the individuals that was involved with the development of the, uh, the Fox, uh, Mozilla Firefox uh, browser. And this browser, I, I'm not kidding you, it is, if you use Chrome, you're going to love this especially because you can transport all of your bookmarks everything that you have in Chrome, all like your passwords that are saved, you can just like migrate it all over to this browser. And what it does is it operates at like three to four times the speed of any browser I've seen. And it does this because it blocks ads and it blocks all kinds of things that are going on in the background, cookies and tracking and all of these things that you don't want anyway. And this is really neat. And here's the deal. Everyone that gets this browser from this link I'm going to give you in a minute, um, they're giving us, I think, like 5 to $7 for every person that just tries this out, that downloads it. And so this is a way you can help support the show without, I'm not asking you to send me any money or buy anything from me. Just, just get this free browser and try it out. You may or may not like it. I love it. I go three to four times faster around the Internet using it. And it is really, it's, it's a great breakthrough. And there's even a little feature in there where they uh, can actually, you can earn cryptocurrency uh, just for using the browser. But I won't get into all that tonight. But here's what you want to do. You want to go to worldsfastestbrowser.com. This is free. And they're going to give me 5 to $7. And we'll use that money, of course, to keep the show going. And we need your help. So take a minute. This is all it's going to take is a minute worldsfastestbrowser.com. Tonight's sponsor, worldsfastestbrowser.com. If you go to that link, I will get credit for it. You can try the browser out. It's got super high reviews. Try it out for a day or two. You may love it. I, I love it. I, I use it in place of Chrome or any of the other browsers that I had used in the past. worldsfastestbrowser.com. Dot com tonight's sponsor. All right, a lot to get into tonight. I guess we'll start with Roger Stone. Full and fair disclosure, Roger is a friend of the show. He's been with us uh, two or three times to talk about different books of his. I don't know the man personally, but I really like him. He's always been a gentleman with us. Our production team here has always had nothing but uh, you know respect for the guy. He's you know we we book people who don't show up, who will call us the day before and cancel. And, and I don't want to mention names, but big-name people who, honestly, 
I have no respect for. <laughs> you know, they agree to be on a show like months in advance or weeks in advance, and then they, they don't show up or they, they cancel us at the last minute for no good reason. Roger Stone is a class act. I mean, we've we've booked him. He shows he shows up. He's respectful to our production team. He does a great interview. He's always thankful, sends me a follow-up email thanking me for being on the show. I really like the guy. And I was just uh, heartbroken when I saw how the FBI raided his home you know the 20, 20 what was it 29 FBI agents they had helicopters two helicopters overhead they had a boat in the little creek behind his house it was like they were raiding El Chapo and here's Roger um he's in his late 60s his wife is in her early 70s and this is how they raided his home at 6 a.m. <laughs> uh you know a few months ago and now you know he had the trial and he's found guilty of course you know, I didn't follow this trial. There wasn't really a lot of coverage of it, but I, I figured he would probably be found guilty of something. Um, because when they put you in a box and they ask you so many questions, eventually they're going to find a way to say that you lied. And this is what they did. And so most of this is he's being, he was charged with and now convicted of, of lying to Congress, lying to the FBI, et cetera, et cetera. You know, my view is, this is such a trap, especially when you know what they're going to do. They wanted Roger Stone to test a lie about the president, to to compose, to come up with a story that they could use against Trump. He refused to do it. So they, they put him in a box and tried to ask him enough questions. I don't know why he would even talk to them. I mean, knowing that this is what they plan to do, if I were Roger Stone, I would have just said, nope, not answering any questions. I'm not participating in any interviews. I assert my Fifth Amendment right. Um, you know, people would say, oh, well, you would look guilty if you did that. Anymore, I'll be honest with you, anymore, I don't think I'd ever talk to the FBI. I mean, unless it was a situation where I was asking them for help on something. You know, if they came knocking at my door and said, hey, Jim Paris, we'd just like to sit down and ask you a bunch of questions about something. I'd probably say, uh, no, thank you. Uh, put it in writing and I'll talk to my attorney about it. it the, you, I don't know. I hate to say this about, and it's not the entire FBI, but it is the deep state. And clearly Roger Stone was put in a situation where he was either going to testify against the president or they were going to find some crimes to uh, convict him of. And that's what they did. And apparently he will be sentenced in February. And his fear is facing living out the rest of his life in prison. And I don't know, this just seems crazy to me. There, There is no actual crime. It's like they started this whole false narrative about Trump colluding with the Russians. That whole thing fell apart. But here's Roger Stone, who was just part of that investigation, which is now dissipated and gone away. And he's got all these convictions. And the actual original basis of the whole investigation is completely gone. I don't even know how this makes any sense. And here's a guy who has a crystal clear, spotless criminal record who is facing the rest of his life in prison now. And I just don't see the president letting that happen. I, I, I really don't. I mean, it's my expectation that he's going to pardon Roger Stone. In fact, it's my theory that what will probably happen is we will probably have this IG report come out soon, which it's supposed to be out before Thanksgiving. 
And this is the IG report that's going to get into the whole question of the, the origins, if you will, of the whole Russian collusion narrative. Where, where did this all start from? Uh, the, the, uh, the dossier, uh, the Steele dossier, all of that, even before that. Where, where did this whole matter begin? I believe that, and I've heard that it's going to be over five, it's five, six hundred pages in length. It's voluminous, and some are speculating, a lot of people are speculating that it will involve criminal referrals, that that the names that we've heard over the months, Comey and Strzok and Page and the others, um, that this is going to be a wide-sweeping thing. So here's what can happen. The IG report comes out, and we then have everything we need to know to know that this was all a cooked-up scheme to get Trump to to try and reverse the election. And then Trump can use that as cover to pardon a bunch of people, including Roger Stone, um, you know, maybe Paul Manafort. Um, of course, um, uh, there, there's several. You know, I would, I would say probably the top one for me would be Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn. Um, but, you know, it's, it's when you get to this point where what happened today in the news, I saw this and I couldn't believe it. I really, really couldn't believe it. And this is not hyperbole. I really could not believe this. Nancy Pelosi was today interviewed, and I, I saw this, and, and I just, I don't know what people are thinking. Pelosi says that Trump's actions on Ukraine are worse than what Richard Nixon did. And that if Trump, like Nixon, had any respect or love for the country, he should immediately resign. And, you know, if you understand what Nixon did, I mean, there were real crimes there. The break-in of uh, a campaign office, then the, the cover-up and the obstruction. I mean, uh, and many, many people went to prison, and they should have. And Richard Nixon should have resigned. But this is not that. I, and I, I watched some of these hearings, but I'll tell you what, yawn. They were so boring, I could hardly stay awake watching them. And I don't think anybody really cares. And I saw the Rasmussen poll showing that uh, Trump is more popular now at this point in his term than Obama was at this point in his presidency. And this is with Trump facing this impeachment investigation. So I really don't think this is going anywhere. I just can't wait. I can't wait for the rest of the information to come out. And, you know, God loves Sean Hannity, who stayed on this story so doggedly for the last year but he can you know he's been saying since june that this ig report is coming out and it hasn't and i think we're all like just getting tired just waiting for this ig report apparently it's been done for weeks and they're just going through the process of redacting things that the classified information that's in it but it shouldn't take this long but everybody is saying it's coming before thanksgiving and that's coming up here shortly. So we're talking about, uh, what, Thanksgiving is the 28th. So, you know, we've only got uh, a week and a half, a week and a half. Sometime in the next week and a half, this report is going to come out. Maybe it'll come out tomorrow morning on Monday. I would love it. 
I was hoping maybe it would come out on Friday, but it didn't. Wouldn't that be great if it came out during one of the impeachment uh, hearings? Imagine the, uh, the look on Adam Schiff's face when someone comes up and whispers in his ear that the whole house of cards has fallen. You may want to take a break right now. <laughs> All right. On to more serious matters. Um, Hong Kong, the situation in Hong Kong, which started as, you know, militant riots, you know, people blocking streets and things like that. This has escalated now to where the rioters are creating, you know, they're, they're creating uh, Molotov cocktails, uh, throwing, they started, I believe it was the police station on fire. And there's now, uh, we, they've got troops from China. These are not just the Hong Kong police, but the Chinese military is now in Hong Kong. And they're, they are actually and threatening to do more so uh, using live rounds of ammunition against these protesters. Um, you know, it's a very volatile situation. I mean, on the one hand, I get why these protesters are rioting because of this, ch this proposed change in the law where the criminal justice system there in Hong Kong would no longer be independent of China and that people facing charges would be actually taken to China to be tried and serve time in Chinese prisons, uh, whereas China had promised that Hong Kong would be left largely independent. That certainly seems like a breach of that agreement. But nonetheless, you wonder what authorities there are going to do if the protesters are getting to this level of violence where they're you know, throwing Molotov cocktails and they're starting buildings on fire and they're they're throwing. I believe I had read somebody uh, had had uh, reported they're shooting arrows at police. I mean, th this is getting to the point where Tiananmen Square Part Two. Although, of course, the rioters in Tiananmen Square were peaceful, and and this is not the same. So it's going to be tough because you wonder uh, what they can do to deal with this uprising, especially as the violence continues to ratchet up on both sides. My heart is with the protesters in Hong Kong. Don't get me wrong. I'm just simply asking, how do they respond when they're being shot with arrows and Molotov cocktails are being thrown? You know, at some point, this is going to become a, a matter of of serious uh, firearms being used uh, to quell this this uprising. All right, we move ahead to this bizarre. I can only call it that. I know I use that word a lot, but bizarre interview with Prince Andrew and <laughs> he decided to go public after all these months he had no comment no comment no comment and he decided to do a big BBC interview to basically deny um, the the accusation about him being involved sexually with an underage girl while he was uh, with Jeffrey Epstein the pedophile and by all accounts, this interview was a complete train wreck. I watched a little bit of it, but, you know, I'll be, I'll be the first to tell you, I do not get the whole royal family thing. I never have. That they get paid something like 50 or $60 million a year um, from the UK just to be the royal family and why people are so interested in these people. I really don't get it. They have actually no real power. Um, it, they're just simply figureheads and why, why anybody is interested in them. I don't know, but I get it. This is part of, you know, kind of the UK's history fine, 
But this just goes to show how dysfunctional these people are. So Prince Andrews, his press guy, told him, don't do the interview. You're, it's not going to work out for you. So Prince Andrew said, nope, I'm going to do the interview anyway. So his press guy, his press representative, resigned two weeks ago. And that was totally vindicated because Prince Andrew had some of the most bizarre explanations or defenses. One of the things he said was that um, the it couldn't have been him dancing and sweating as he as it was described by the young lady uh, who claims that she had sexual relations with him as a minor because at the time he had a medical disorder where he couldn't sweat he he literally was was using that as his defense like yeah i was there but it couldn't have been me because i couldn't sweat at the time this is how weird that it got and then they asked him about the picture there he is with his arm around uh the young woman and he just says, well, look, I, I don't remember that. I don't remember being there or having that picture or, or being with this woman. It, it The whole thing was, you, look, you might as well have just admitted it as to have done an interview that horribly. But uh, we continue to just little pieces of information dripping out here and there about the Jeffrey Epstein story. And I still hold out hope that maybe, just maybe, we're going to get you know, to the bottom of this and get some more information. A lot of powerful people I know uh, could be implicated, including Bill Clinton, uh, probably at the top of that list. Um, man, oh man, uh, the royal family. Uh, all right, so I'm not watching the NFL, haven't in, uh, in maybe two or three years now since the whole uh, kneeling for the national anthem deal took off. And... Uh, I saw this story this week of this fight that took place. Um, this was on, I guess, a Thursday night game. And the player's name is Miles Garrett. And a fight uh, broke out between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback is named Mason Rudolph. And so he was tackled by Miles Garrett. And they got into a little bit of a scuffle, and uh, Mason Rudolph, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, pulled, started to pull the helmet off of Miles Garrett. So Miles Garrett, in uh, return, pulled off and actually did pull the helmet off of the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, uh, Mason Rudolph. But then when the fight continued, Garrett uses the helmet of Rudolph and hits him over the head with it. And this was just like everyone went breathless because this had never happened before that there were, there have been fights. There have been players that have kicked other players stomped on their helmet, things like that. Um, there have been players that have what they call, you know, uh, spearing another player where they dive into them using the helmet as a weapon. But there had never been a fight where a helmet was removed and used as a weapon to beat another player over the head. And it was truly breathtaking to see the replay of this. And I just continue to say uh, these NFL players, uh, for the most part, and honestly, in the culture, these are unpatriotic, wife-beating, girl beating, girlfriend-beating, drug-abusing, unpatriotic did i say that say it again thugs 
thugs, complete thugs. And there we go again. So the NFL has indefinitely suspended Miles Garrett from the league. And they will decide later how long of a suspension. Some are saying at least a year suspension. Others are saying maybe he's done. Maybe he will never be able to play again. Um, but what kind of example is this for kids? This is what I always think of. What kind of example is this for young people? And these guys get paid so much money to play a game. This is a game. You're getting millions of dollars. And you can't just simply behave as a normal human being. I mean, to go this far, to rip someone's helmet off and use it as a weapon to beat them over the head with is just beyond belief. And then we continue to talk about the NFL, which we don't talk about the NFL on this show, so this is a big exception to the rule. Colin Kaepernick, who is, uh, who is not playing for any team since he uh, started taking a knee for the National Anthem, he's been out of the league for three years, hasn't been able to get hired by any team. And so there was this interesting uh, event that was to take place um, yesterday on Saturday. The NFL had set up this private workout where they were going to give Colin Ka Kaepernick an opportunity to basically like try out for all of the NFL teams. And they set this up at the Atlanta Falcons practice facility in Atlanta and invited all of the teams in the NFL to come and to watch him have a workout. And they had several, um, you know, wide, former wide receivers there that he could throw to and to show, you know, his his skill set as a quarterback and all of that. So this is to happen at the Atlanta Falcons facility. And I guess just like a matter of a couple of hours before this is all to happen, Kaepernick decides, nope, he's not having it there and wouldn't sign the basic documentation that the NFL requires when they do these these tryouts. I guess there's like a waiver form or something in case of injury. He refused to sign the documents, and then it was all moved. He moved his own tryout to a local high school's uh, football field. So the NFL says their view on it is, they, this is what they say, quote, disappointed that Colin did not appear for his workout, end quote. So not only did they set up this workout from which nobody gets this, like a, a whole setup where all the teams come to watch you, they were generously trying to help this guy out. And because he refused to sign the liability waiver, um, he he uh, ended up uh, not being able to use that facility, ended up uh, down the road somewhere, I guess, 44 miles away at a high school field and didn't have quite as many teams come out to check him out. I guess some still did. Um, but the talk is this guy's not going to get work anywhere. And some people are even saying he really didn't want to get work anywhere, that this was just his strategy by being difficult like this, by not agreeing to go along with the program. It was sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And maybe he's better off with all of the money he's getting from Nike and sort of being this you know sympathetic martyr. And maybe he's trying to... Uh, get some money out of the NFL, maybe a lawsuit. I don't know. Just just another weird twist in the story of Colin Kaepernick. Probably not going to see him uh, playing for an NFL team anytime soon. Uh, two last quick things here, and I know we're almost out of time. We've got two minutes left before we bring our guest in. If you have never been to Venice, Italy, it is truly one of the most beautiful and interesting places you will ever visit in your life. 
And I had an opportunity uh, to visit Venice uh, two or three years ago. My wife and I were in Italy. We had an opportunity to spend a day there, take one of the gondola rides. It is truly a remarkable place. And St. Mark's Square and the Basilica there and the wonderful restaurants and the beautiful people and the beautiful view and the canals, it's, it really is one of the most iconic locations uh, in all of Italy. When you think of Italy and you, and you, you think of Venice and the, the canals and the gondola rides and the beautiful sunset, all of that, if you see the videos today, it is absolutely heartbreaking. Venice is, I'm watching these videos, people are walking in waist-deep water in St. Mark's Square. It is the worst flooding that they have had in 50 years. 50 years. Unreal. We hope and uh, pray that uh, the people of Venice will see a recovery soon. And we'll close it out with this. I did not know this. Uh, this is something fairly new. AT&T is now offering a streaming TV package. Now, you don't have to be an AT&T customer in any way, shape, or fashion. You can just get this TV package. It's just $15 a month, and you get 35 channels of live TV, including um, there's uh, CNN, Headline News, you get a Hallmark Channel, a bunch of the other. There's 35 channels. I mean, it's only 15 bucks, and you can watch this if you've got Amazon Fire or you've got the Roku box or any of these other boxes or you want to watch just on your, on your computer or on your smartphone or your tablet. It's the cheapest deal out there. Uh, for 15 bucks a month, you can get into this AT&T streaming package. No contract. Pay one month at a time. Just 15 bucks a month. I wanted to mention that to you. I'm probably going to do maybe a, a video on this this week and talk more about it because I'm really big on the whole cord cutting thing, uh, getting away from cable, which is so super expensive. And uh, I, I've seen the uh, the Sling TV, which I think is like 21 or $25, or something like that. This one is, is only 15 so this is even more attractive uh, for some people that might want to take a look at that. Is the It is the AT&T streaming TV package. You can just do a quick Google search and you'll be able to get more details on that. Okay, I am told our guest is holding. We will refire the open. We'll be back in exactly one minute with our special guest, Keith Comos, as we talk about the Golden State Killer. Stay tuned. We'll be back. <laughs> 